Welcome to Grace and Shit. Here are your hosts, Ruth and Trisha. Hey everybody, welcome back to Grace and Shit, where Ruth and I are just going to break down more topics about life and grace and everything going on around us, which really right now kind of still circulates um, around this whole coronavirus thing. It's kind of crazy how it's just like... It might all year, too. It's like it never ends. It's the song that never ends. Goes on and on, my friend. (laughs) Anyway, you know what I did in the midst of coronavirus? I probably did... Probably the best time, actually, now that I think about it, to ever do this. I adopted a new puppy dog. Um, her name is Phoebe. She's she's a girl dog. Um, she is around six and a half years old, but I call all dogs puppies. Um, it's Oh, just, absolutely. Especially yes, little ones. She's adorable. She's little. She's like eight and a half pounds. She's so freaking cute. She's so freaking cute. Um, but she has no house manners. And her first, like the color uh-huh. of... Say well, I'm saying she has no house manners because she oh, yeah. she came from a puppy mill, um, so she never knew to be inside, so she has no house manners. Um, so we're doing the crate training. I tried training her in the house. That did not work out. did not work out very well. Um, I have now learned that my kitchen rug is, in fact, washing machine safe. That's all I'm going to say Yay. about that. <laughs> I've learned that it will a five by seven rug will fit in your washing machine as long as it doesn't have any kind of like rubber backing to it. So, which all of mine inevitably yeah. do. Uh, most of mine do, but this one doesn't, and so it was very exciting. I just put it in there with some vinegar and anyway. But but yeah, right so on. now we're crate training her, and I will say this. You have to take dogs out when you're training them. You have to take them out like every two hours. There's none of this, you know, going on four-hour shopping trips to the north side of town and and getting lost in TJ Maxx or Home Goods, right? So the fact that we're kind of in a, what do they call it, social distancing time right now is probably very good for for house training, uh, Phoebe, with helping her have good house manners because that means I'm always here. I'm always here. I take her out, give her way too many treats. She pretty much half of her diet is little training treats. So um, anyway, yeah, so that's what I got going on. But today, I'm super excited about this topic we're going to do today. Um, This is one of those, it's kind of, it is special. It's one of those where it's funny, where you and I were brainstorming topics, and I just kind of, you know, we were we were talking about the idea of a Bible study group or just in general these the, the groups within church where one person, generally the leader, says something and then everyone else is just like, oh, yeah, that's great, that's brilliant. And then we all just kind of keep repeating the same thing, just using different words. And we don't always know what it is necessarily or why we're saying it. We're just basically told we're supposed to. And we were kind of coming up with what all this was. And I was like, so basically, it's a Bible study circle jerk. (laughs) (laughs) So Ruth was like, yes, you now have named our next podcast. (laughs) Oh, my gosh, yes. Uh, Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It's so perfect because I can see, I mean, we've got this stereotypical 
round table because we're given round tables in Christian circles because we're all not better than each other. So you don't want anybody at the head of the table. Oh my gosh, the fact that somebody thought of this just kind of kills me. And um, you've got, it doesn't really matter what the topic is. Are we afraid? Why are people all sitting around saying yes, yes, oh my gosh, yes. Because in public, online, or in our homes, are you really going to still say Mm -hmm. yes? Yeah, no, no. So, Oftentimes, I, I don't. Now, when I've been a Bible study leader, the yeses weren't happening. But I was also one of the leaders that allowed for and enjoyed um, chasing rabbits. If a woman sat down and said, oh my gosh, I totally need to talk about my mm-hmm. kids today. That's what we mm-hmm. talk about, even though our topic was something else. Because I feel like everything in life, grace can mm-hmm. be applied. Always. Jesus is the answer for everything. And we're supposed to use him as our answers. But I don't think we're taught how to reach out and use mm-hmm. Jesus. And no, he's not like a white sponge that will suddenly right. clean your walls. No. But how do we use Jesus? Well, uh, there was a pastor going, um, you're supposed to feed on him. And I had this <laughs> mental imagery in church of like being a vampire sucking off of him. And I lean over and I... And I I say to my husband, is it like sucking off Jesus? Oh, my God. And I did not hear myself. My husband had to leave to go out to the car because he could not control himself. Oh, my God. I can't believe you just said that. Uh, So the thing that comes to my mind is those little sucker fish that attach to the bellies of the sharks and the whales. Sure, sure. Is that what we're doing? We're just, like, attached to this just... Taking in nutrient, whatever anybody else puts out, we're like, okay, we'll take your trash. We'll just... <laughs> but literally, we're not taught how to do so many of these things that, that people like me with two active imaginations... <laughs> <clears throat> well, yes. I said, do we, like, suck yeah. off Jesus in church? Is that how we get what we need? Oh, my God. Ruth. Ruth. Yeah. Inappropriate. That's hysterical. That is... Hey, Jesus gave me this fine sense of humor. Yes. I blame him. <laughs> 100%. We are all created in his image. Right? <laughs> okay. So I'm a five-year-old at times, probably more times than not. And when I was told I was created in God's image, I went home crying. And I asked my mother, does that mean I have to grow a beard and a penis? <laughs> Only if you want to. <laughs> She actually, I think, said the beard will happen later, but the penis will never oh happen. God. And I was both concerned and relieved. But now that you're getting older, you you understand it's more of a mustache than a full beard. Well, you know, veg- Veggie Tales is fun too because Veggie Tales has an Aunt Ruth. She has a beard, and it feels weird. So, oh my god, I miss Veggie Tales. We yeah. never watch Veggie Tales anymore. Oh, good times. So my notes say. Um, that Bible study groups that are yes ladies and they're not really they're not really doing what they should be doing and that opens the question what is the Bible study what is it supposed mm-hmm. to be because it honestly I've never felt that it's just supposed to be this academic right. intensity it's never supposed to be this so we, we've got a couple of things it's not supposed to be just academic it's not about behavior modification because jesus did not die on the cross to modify my behavior so however what would be the point of us all however, getting together 
and then agreeing on something and without talking. this is talking. probably one of those things that you and I don't 100% agree on. I am of the school of thought that says that while Jesus did not die on the cross for me to be perfect, you know, for me to try and attain this perfect and modify my behavior, I do 100% believe that as a Christian, there are certain things that you feel strongly that you need to do or that you need to work on within yourself. But to me, that's not behavior modification for someone else's approval. That is, I see that I have a weakness in this way. And that's, that's how I feel on that. I, I, I can totally use the example of mm-hmm. parenting here. We do not parent our kids right. the same way. We do not have yeah. the same kids. Mm-hmm. And the way I parent might give you some really great right. ideas. And the way you parent will give me really Mm -hmm. great ideas. And we can sit together on common ground of parenting and encourage one another. And we can be critical of each other too with and and still understand it's coming from love and that we're trying to assist. But at the end of the day, you don't get a say in how I parent my kids. And I don't get a say in how you parent your kids. And that's perfect. It's exactly what it's supposed to be. And, And I wish we could act like that. In Bible mm-hmm. studies, I wish we could understand that our personal walk with the Lord, um, the Bible is not supposed to be this rigid structure where we're all the same parents right. to all the same people. Right. We are individuals. Right. And the reason, okay, so I was talking to somebody else the other day and I was said, you know, Jesus never said, now remember all of my words and go write them down and create a mm-hmm. Bible. And I wonder sometimes if it's because he knew at some point the Bible was going to become more important than the Holy Mm -hmm. Spirit. And in some Christian circles, not all, but in some Christian circles, the precedent is set that the Bible translated from a 1960s misogynist view is going to rule the decisions of the Mm -hmm. room instead of listening to the Holy Spirit. And in that kind of situation, we allow the Bible to legalistically block Jesus. Mm-hmm. Oops. Yeah. And, and that's that's like letting the, the parenting book, Dr. Spock, be an authority larger than you as the right. parent. Yeah. And when we start neglecting parents and assuming the school should be the parent or a book should be the parent that's when we make our biggest mistakes. It's giving up that authority that you already have. Yeah. But it was given by God, like literally. Yeah. Um, You know, one of the, uh, one of the things you talked about what you had written down in preparation for this. One of the things I wrote down um, is talking about how uh, for VBS, kids who go to vacation Bible school, uh, they have learned at a young age that they are asked a question, and more often than not, the answer to that question is what? Jesus. Jesus. Jesus, who loves you? Jesus. Jesus. Who will save you? Jesus. Jesus. Who will always be there for you? Jesus. We learn all of that stuff. Yeah. Well, but then as we get older, and we're in these Bible study classes, it's like, it's no longer... The answer, you know, but it's like you bet you it is the answer, but we don't know why it's the answer. It's no, but it's no longer just acceptable to just. I mean, some people use it as an expletive, whatever, but it's it shouldn't be. But it's like 
I believe we spell that J-A-Y-S-U-S, just to or be clear. Or if, if you are a fan of Talladega Nights and you like to pray a lot, you might pray to Dear Sweet Baby, Sweet baby Jesus. Jesus. Yes, we like, dear ba- we like the baby Jesus. That's our favorite Jesus is the baby Jesus. But, you know, I put down that it's like, as an adult, we have to learn, one, that Jesus is not always just the answer. And, yes, I know the theologically whatever i don't know what the correct word is that jesus is the answer jesus is the answer but it's not it's it's not going to be the answer the answers are bigger than that you know and the answer for you the question being asked your your answer to that question may actually be different from my answer to the question depending on how our life is what we've experienced i have an example for that too that so i was raised in a very rigid Mm -hmm. system where where i was told the truth is not on a sliding scale and i agree however you do not live in orlando and i do so if i was going to tell you about the traffic leaving my Mm -hmm. house that will be true and you will tell me about the traffic leaving your house and if we don't use street names, it can be very confusing, mm-hmm. but both will be mm-hmm. true. And it's a matter of perspective right. because we do not live in the same right. house and we are not going in the same direction. Right. And frequently we try to use the Bible as our street names and we're not acknowledging the direction the author was sitting in, right. or we don't acknowledge how historically they were placed. Mm-hmm. And we manage to lose perspective and just use it exactly the way we want it to use it. And usually that's just not right. Do you think that we always use it the way we want to use it? Or in this situation, I feel like we use it in the way that we are told to use it. Very much like toddlers and preschoolers and young elementary kids go to vacation Bible school and they're told what the answer is. Oftentimes, especially if you have a confident leader who is giving these answers of what they're telling you it should mean to you oftentimes we sit and we listen and we write it down and we're like oh i gotta learn this is the answer this is how i'm supposed to feel about this i I was certainly there 20 Mm -hmm. years ago absolutely and that is where everyone starts and that's not bad You're further along than me. (laughs) Um, I think we all, and and I like the words, we all have our own sacred journey. And and I don't mean that to say that there's more than one way to Christ. Mm -hmm. I don't mean that. But I mean that we all walk our own Mm -hmm. road. And um, I like examples. If you and I were to go to Disney World, at some point, we want to break from each other because I am the slowest person alive and I'm just barely out of a wheelchair from my surgery. So when I say I'm slow, I like could race a turtle and lose. <laughs> um, I don't really get tired, but I get annoyed with people trying to walk around me and bump into me. And, and I've discovered that the best way to do Disney is for just leave me alone and let me have my mm-hmm. book. I've been 10 million freaking dimes to Walt Disney World. I want to go with you. Park me in the shade. Go ride your ride and come back. 
and then go ride your ride and come back and then go ride your ride and come back. No, I do not want to stand in line yeah. with you again. And, and I do this with my family and they love sharing what they're doing. And I just sit somewhere mm. and our family scatters to the winds with their friends and it's fantastic. That is not how everyone should do Disney. Right. If I made my husband do Disney with me that way, he would be horrified. And he would lose, he would lose so much. And yet we're both at Disney World. Now, in a Bible study, we're all in different places. And we need to be acknowledging that. And when you're sitting around the table and you're learning this is how you should see it, I, I don't know when it was, but somewhere along the way I started saying, wait a minute. Tell me your story. What have you lived through? Why is this your perspective? And then I want to turn to the next woman and I want to say, you just said yes. Why is this your perspective? Mm -hmm. And I want to turn to the next woman and I want to say, and does that mean I question everything in life? Well, I have gotten to a place where I can't even watch a Disney film without questioning it. So <laughs> maybe. Maybe this is just me now. Yeah. Um, well, you know. At the end of the mm -hmm. day, if we don't know why... It's not any good for us. Yeah. I will say, so that's how a lot of my Bible studies have been in the past. Like you said 20 years ago. Mine was, you know, a lot more recent than that. Um, but the last... Well, until I got kicked out recently, <laughs> I was the Bible study leader. Oh, well, there you go. So then you were the one who was the strong leader that people probably listen to you and, and just, you know, continue to agree with you. And I would, I think that would probably be frustrating, um, at times. They don't know how to question yeah. me. Um, I will say this, one of the best Bible studies I was ever a part of, um, it was ironically, it was through a church here. It was when we were stationed here in Georgia last time. So about 10 years ago, it was after Germany and we moved here. And I went to, I can't remember, a spouses group event for the base. I can't remember. And I met this woman, and I was telling her how we didn't really have a church yet, and I hadn't really had a Bible study. Um, and she invited me to this one at her house. And so it was through a different church. Um, we would kind of visited some of the Methodist church. We tend to go to Methodist. Um, and it was through a Baptist church. But she invited me, and it was at her home, and there were some women, and I'm like, well, I guess so. But, you know, they're Baptists, so they're kind of weird. Whatever. I can say that I was raised Baptist. But, um, yeah, so. As um, was I. Yeah, so I. I Addison. <laughs> well, my husband was raised Catholic, and I was raised Baptist. And so the Methodist tends to have a lot of the um, rites and such that go along with the Catholic Church that really made him comfortable in those early years. But it still had things like Bible study and the community and stuff that goes along with the, the Protestant type churches and stuff. So, But anyway, so she invited me to this Bible study, and I go to it. And, and at first, it was a little bit intimidating. There were, it was all military spouses. Um, it was intimidating. The woman whose house it was at, she was super pulled together. Um, her house was always perfect. She always had like these perfect snacks and everything. And so it took a little bit of time for me to open up because it's like you go to something like that and you think, okay, I'm messy. I'm broken. Um, I'm struggling because at the time, so we had left Germany um, where I'd had a great relationships with friends, uh, didn't have cell phones and everything that we have now to keep in touch with everyone, right? 
Um, so I didn't have I didn't have those connections with all these people I just left. My dad had passed away uh, in the in the year like in that previous year. My dad, who I hadn't spoken to in almost five years, we had had a really bad falling out, and we hadn't spoken to spoken to each other. Um, my husband's mom had passed away. We had had all of these like crazy changes, and my I was kind of going through a depression, and I'm like, you know, what am I doing here? These women seem to all have it together, but as I attended, it's like these women. It wasn't so much that they would question each other. But they would really be raw in answering the questions. It was, I realized we weren't doing a Bible study in the traditional sense of, well, let's look at the Bible and see what it's telling us that we need to be doing to be better Christians. We were doing a Bible study in the sense of, you know, what is God calling us to do and how how can we be better? who he wants us to be, you know, and it's like where we're struggling, what can we do to to not struggle? And that's beautiful. And, and that's exactly what all of my favorite studies have been like. It was the best one and I've ever been in. I've actually learned and wrote this down and um, I met a woman whose husband teaches at um, Ashbury seminary in Orlando for I want to say it's a Methodist okay. seminary he teaches small groups and and it, it the the essence of it is the leader needs to be someone who can vocally be vulnerable because someone has to do it right. first and you when you're vulnerable and you crack open your life and you say I'm messy and here's how I was messy and here's how I looked to Jesus in those messy moments. And then here's what happened. And it doesn't matter if what you discovered was, I totally believed something of God that was wrong. The point was, you were real. And I prefer the stories where people are messy and they say, um, so we were in this horrible time and I lost my job. And I thought, you know, it says that God provides, but nothing was happening and I didn't know what to do and I discovered that I believed wrong things about God that he wasn't going to just pop a check in the mail that's not how he'd equipped me that's not how the situation was going to play out those are for me magical that's when I learn oh that's how I should look at God and that's who God is in this relationship and 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 we can prove who God is by looking back at scriptures but I almost don't need a book to follow along with except to start conversations and you were mentioning that vulnerability and then people answering in a real way and and I've I've had the privilege of being in in so many groups where I would share about Tyler's tumor and how we thought he was going to die or I would share about my husband having an affair and how um, God hung on to us when I was ready to walk away and light everything on fire and Starting with my husband, of course. Um, He'd of make course. a great scent. <laughs> uh, when, when I got married, my mother-in-law handed me a shovel. And she said, <clears throat> homicide before divorce will help you hide the body. <laughs> so I knew I was marrying into the right mm -hmm. family. And um, it, it's just these, these moments of, in that little message of homicide before divorce, she shared something with me. 
I don't know if she realized she shared because I knew that her history was this was her fourth mm-hmm. marriage. And I knew that they were a Brady Bunch family and that's what I was getting into. And um, I sense, and Jersey was able to go to a Bible study where we talked about what's called generational bondage. Okay. And, and I brought up that there's a part of me that's always wondered if my husband will leave me because that's a pattern in his mm-hmm. family. Um, his dad was married three times. His mom was married four times. His brother, his oldest brother, who's older than my mom, has had four marriages. All of them to Jennifer's, FYI. Um, not Jenny's, Jennifer's. Um, but it, there's these patterns, though, and, and I worried. And I finally had a Bible study get up there and tell us that she was worried, too. And it was those moments where we were able to crack open and go, okay, now what? I just shared I was worried. How do we apply? I mean, Jesus is the answer, but he's not like some hand lotion I can smear on this problem. He's not aloe vera. How do we, how do we use Jesus in these moments? Because he's the freaking answer. How? How? Now, I almost feel like I do know the answer every time to how now but only because I asked it nine fucking million times. <laughs> and also because I live out loud and I trip over my own feet and I have managed to live a roller coaster expression of mm-hmm. life. You pick it. I feel like I've done it. Most of them mistakes. They were awesome. To be clear, I'm not an alcoholic, but I don't think that would make it better. But at the same time, it's these messy moments where we're not agreeing that I respect more. I respect more when the the leader doesn't stick to the book. You know what? Something just dawned on me as you were talking. And I know you used my own words towards me when you said vulnerability. And it just dawned on me. You know how I said when I first joined the group, I wasn't sure everyone seemed like all pulled together. And then after the first few weeks of meeting and then you start to see, you know, these people's vulnerability and it dawns on me. I was a new person being inserted into this group. And so I bet I never experienced a new person coming into the group after me. I was the last new person in the group before the group disbanded because people started moving away. Um but it dawns on me that that's what made the group amazing because we were a small group of about five or six before me, it was four or five, that they had all, they all were at a point where they trusted each other to be vulnerable. They trusted each other yes. to say things like, you know, I'm concerned, you know, that. For Like you said, I'm worried that my marriage won't make it through whatever time. And I just need people to support me. You know, they were vulnerable. And I was this new person. They're like, well, who the hell is she? Where did she come from? What's her story? How is she vulnerable? Right. How are we, you know? And so that's probably why. And and so then I look at the, the, the pattern of Bible studies are you go to... 
a church. If you're military and overseas, you go to Protestant Women of the Chapel. And you go to these large gatherings of people, and then they say, okay, so for the next six weeks or the next eight weeks, we're going to break up, and we're going to do this Bible study, this Bible study, this Bible study. Let's break up in small groups. And suddenly, you're in a new small group for six to eight weeks to discuss whatever this topic is. But it's only for six to eight weeks, and you know it's temporary. And then you're going to come back together, and then there's going to be a new Bible study, and you may have new people in your group. Some of the people may go. It may ebb. It may flow. And do you really have that time as a large group? Like this group I was in before, they had had time to bond. So it didn't take them very long to accept me as, okay, she's good, she's fine. They already had that bond. They already had that trust. And so they were able to quickly assess me and to move into that back into their, their points of vulnerability with me there. But... And without stopping you, I, I want to hit on two or three yeah. points really quick. And the first one is, as people who are awake and thinking, mm -hmm. we need to recognize we need time to be vulnerable and stop doing these six to eight weeks rotations yeah. because we're breaking fellowship. Yeah. And then the second one is when we are in large groups, I've noticed that a lot of large groups fill up the time with busyness, mm -hmm. with uh, icebreakers and with announcements and making us sing as a group. Mm -hmm. And again, this is breaking fellowship. And we are not getting to the miracle of being vulnerable and open in each other's lives. Be is it fear? Or do we just not recognize what it is we needed? Which was those moments of trust. And we have to build it. Yeah. You have to get to the point where you can say, Oh my God, I want to microwave my kid's head this mm -hmm. morning. And everybody understands you love him and you would jump in front of a bus for him. But you were allowed to make death threats right. in those moments. But do you think you can create those moments in those large groups? You know, I feel like that's kind of what that... When you have those groups that are large groups and then they break up into the smaller groups, I, I will, I'm fine with them if they want to do an icebreaker, if they want to have a little breakfast and announcements and housekeepings. But I don't like... When you keep the last group I was in, those lasted two nope, hours every week. I can't week. handle that. I'm talking like thirty minutes, enough time to get your bagel, tops, your cream all cheese, of it. Um, your fruit salad. Um, say good morning. Here's some housekeeping stuff, but let's break up into small groups. But you have to find your group, and like you said, we need to learn to keep our groups, and we need to learn to be vulnerable in that group because when it changes every six to eight weeks and you get to choose a new Bible study, I'm not going to suddenly break open my heart and slit my wrist for Karen um, after I just spent eight weeks with Dawn and this other group, and around week five, I started feeling comfortable enough to really share my struggles, because my struggles aren't really just um, today and in this moment and the frustration I have with my husband or my kids. My struggles go And deep. they're not just your struggles. Yeah. You do carry the secrets of yeah. others. And in in our messy lives, when I start telling you my struggles... I will have to mention other names because I don't get along with everyone or even people I love and cherish I'm not getting along with. And I don't need to ever worry that that will be bandied Correct. about by others. A hundred percent. So I have wondered if it, this is like, I don't want to call it a demonic influence, but why are we so um, ignorant, asleep, not awake to this 
phenomenon of what we need is vulnerability and we need consistency with each other. So why do we keep sabotaging it? Because breaking us up every six weeks sabotages Mm -hmm. relationship. Um, Talking about clicks and gossip. Mm -hmm. So the last group I was in, one of the reasons they forced the rotation on us is, well, we can't have clicks forming. We weren't looking at it through a lens of love. We were looking at it from a lens of fear. And it was this, I talked about the difference between grace people and good people. And I said that when we are filled with the Holy Spirit and we're in this place of love, we can see things more clearly. And when leadership is fearful, they fear of clicks and they fear that, that, that prayer time is just gossip and they fear and they fear and it sabotages these beautiful groups. And I've found church outside of the building, but I've never found Bible studies that get to a place of vulnerability without conscious planning. Mm-hmm. Somebody consciously makes the decision to create a group and give them the time they need. Yeah. And yeah, I think the books half the time are just a tool we use to build relationship from the beginning because we're not all on the same page the first week. And PWOC, Protestant Women of the Church, taught me, like no one else, the benefits of having people from different Mm -hmm. walks. Um, People who are struggling in the marriage, come sit by me because I can tell you that it can be absolutely the worst thing in the world, but my marriage has grown and is beautiful, and I feel like we're in a stage where it's like full bloom now, and it's amazing Mm -hmm. It's the same with um, a pregnant mommy needs to sit with someone who has mm-hmm. kids because the woman who has kids should also know better than to tell her her pregnancy horror story. We all have one. We all have one. Um, we all don't need to share And it's them, this. <laughs> right? But then I need the young mother to sit next to me and remind me how much I wanted my mm-hmm. kids. Because once you have teenagers, you have these moments of, Why the fuck did I do that? That was stupid. But sitting next to this woman who is struggling with infertility, you're like honored Mm -hmm. now. Oopsies. I will cherish my punk ass teenagers. But and 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 this is why we need each other. And it's it's finding those moments though where you find that out about a person. You know? Where someone is willing to truly say, because to me there's a difference between we're trying to have kids, we've been trying for a little while, and the woman who's willing to say, I'm really struggling with the fact that I can't have kids and I want them desperately. I think those are two very different statements. And the woman who's willing to say the second statement is a woman who wants to be vulnerable But does she have the opportunity to do that in either A, these large groups, or B, a small group that keeps changing and she doesn't know where people's loyalties lie? You know, people want to call a clique mean. They want want to label a clique like mean girls or something. And yes, there are some that are mean girls. But the majority of them aren't. We call them... We're just groups protecting each other. we call them cliques, but isn't that just another way to diminish a group of women who who truly love and support each other you know it is it is it's dangerous it's like uh, the the tearing them down part i think we were meant to live in groups yes. you're meant to have these groups of people i have 
lots of little groups of friends where it's like me and this group over here. I have two girlfriends. I went to Vegas for a week with them, and we had so much freaking fun. But that is a group of friends that I have from... I was only mildly jealous. <laughs> that is... Because I love those women, too. I know. Too. And, you know, I had this moment where I was like, I need to have a Trisha convention where I can invite all of my friends, and then they can invite their friends, and really it would just be end up being a military spouse convention. <laughs> but wouldn't that be so much fun? It's like, oh, it'd be so fun. But, yeah, so I have this group of women that I went, in, but I haven't seen them in three years. You know, because we're all so busy and we live all over the world. And we got together, we made time, and we did this. And during our time in Las Vegas is when everything started shutting down. And we all had such great moments of vulnerability where we really just broke down with each other. Some of our struggles we're going through. But then we had these moments of complete celebration, we had total celebration, and I can't reveal all of our different celebrations and, and, and try, you know, struggles. And that's the beauty of these groups. Yeah. You haven't seen them in three years, but up. we carry that those moments with us, and we can reconnect mm-hmm. later. And so, so on the one hand, I would say, instead of separating us three to eight weeks, we need to have a two to three year mm-hmm. period where we lock down yes. a group. And we might allow people in occasionally – but the point is to protect the mm-hmm. group and the trust and the vulnerability that we 100%. will build because it will last a lifetime. A hundred percent. And then, well, okay. So I'm thinking about having one at my house. I'm not affiliated with the church anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering how that would even work because I want to be the authority because it's my house. But that brings up something interesting too is when I have problems with authority or one of the problems I had in the past with a Bible study was the leader didn't want to be the leader. And so she kept saying, oh no, we're all equals here. And so when problems arose as a military spouse, I wanted to take things appropriately up Mm -hmm. the chain. I want to do things quietly with the leader. And then if that doesn't work, I want to take it up to the next step quietly and discreetly and appropriately. And, And I feel like there's a... In the Protestant circles of the churches I visited here in the last 10 years, so over seven churches that I can think of, I kept running into this. There's no real leaders. I'm just your admin. Um, We're just all in this together, and we're just going to seek together. And there was never someone who had studied just a little bit more, and we had the benefit of their knowledge. And then when problems arise, and they always will, we're Mm -hmm. humans, there was no way to resolve things discreetly and appropriately and so there's another place where i feel like we we sabotage ourselves within christian circles the we need hierarchy sometimes but do you do we you do. think though if you say you start this group in your home um and i'm gonna call it you know like a, a women's support group that maybe studies the Bible and how it relates to them. Because, you know, Bible study, it's one of those things like homeschooling. I, I, to me, I'm like, uh, we have so many other things. We're not just learning at home, you know. So, so if you were to start this right. group, though. And we're not and recreating school. The whole idea school. behind it is vulnerability and honesty and, and accessibility. Don't you think that 
it would make sense for there not to be a hierarchy in this small group, but really if someone has an issue that they take it to the one person that they have an issue with, and they just discuss it with that one person, and if they can't come to a resolution, that your group should be so bonded that they should be able, if they're not able to come to a resolution privately, that they bring it to the group and the group can discuss it. I like that. That's beautiful. But I don't think people think that fully mm -hmm. and intentionally unless we lay it out from the beginning. And I think if we laid it out appropriately from the get beginning instead of being loosey-goosey, mm -hmm. we could absolutely build that. Mm. Mm. And that isn't... I'm seeing that we've hit 40 yeah. minutes. And I know that I could <sighs> absolutely talk about this longer. But maybe, maybe we mull on this. Maybe we add people to the conversation. Yes. Definitely. You know, I was just thinking about this. Um, oh, hold on. I'm having to. Um, I was just thinking about this that uh, we didn't include in our at the end of our second episode. Um, but I want to make sure to include in this that we want our listeners to interact and discuss this topic on Facebook, on our chat, private message the page, Grace and Shit. We're on Facebook. Um, you know, interact with us. Tell us what you think. Are you in a Bible study? Are you struggling with the same things? Do you feel like you have the ability to be vulnerable in a three to six or in a six to eight week course? Or do you feel like you too need to have a course that is expansive? Not even so much a course, but a group. You need a group that's expansive, that it, it goes over a longer period of time so that you can have that, that vulnerability. Because there could be some people out there, Ruth, who are like, they show up on the first day and they're like, yeah, so this is me, you know, I, I struggled with being abused as a kid. Uh, I was pregnant at 16. Okay, that is totally you me. Know. <laughs> But you know what I'm saying? There are some people who show up on day one and they don't need to trust you. They've already, they've already worked through their own issues and they don't need to trust you because they're confident in their self. And then you have people like me who I have major trust issues. I'm still, Greg is still on the, um, you know, the free trial 25 year plan right now. By the way, we're going into year 26 uh, this April. So... <laughs> Oopsies. Yeah, I'm just going to have to I renew know, that I'm plan. Like, you know, every year I'm like, we'll renew. We'll give you another one or two year renewal. We'll see how this works out. I don't know. We'll just see. We'll see. You know, I have trust issues. I have major trust issues. And to find out why I have trust issues means that you and I have to break through a wall for me to trust you enough to tell you why I have trust issues. <laughs> you know, and so I would just love for our listeners to get on Facebook and discuss this with us. Tell us what you think of your Bible study. Well, and I say that I don't need the mm -hmm. book, but that's because for the last 15 years, I go away from Bible studies and I go find the Greek words and I have enough of a background that um, I have trust issues. I don't trust what I hear in a Bible study. Mm -hmm. I will go research it myself. Yeah. I will go find the actual Greek words and I will ask myself questions like contextually, where is this coming mm -hmm. from? And if I take this and I put a lens of a feminist lens on it, what, what will I see? If I put a cultural lens on this, what do I see? And I try to imagine what Jesus's time period is versus now. Mm -hmm. 
And then asking too, am I blocking the Holy Spirit's voice in this by trusting the actual written word more than what I hear him say right. to me? Because that, that is important. So that's, I've discovered this is unique to me. Well, we, and that's just it is we're all unique. We all have a different way to come about it. And, and if we're in a group where we, you know, feel bonded with people, then we're okay. We understand each other's method of how we get to it. So, Ruth. Thank you so much for taking time again with me today. I think this was an amazing, amazing topic to cover. Um, Just to remind everyone, the original title was Bible Study Circle Jerks. Uh, We just want (laughs) to... But it's a joking title, but it has such great um, topic to discuss. And we look forward to seeing uh, any kind of input that you all, our listeners, have to add. So take care, Ruth. I will talk with you next time. Absolutely. This was wonderful. All right. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. To be a part of the conversation or to find out more about your hosts, visit Grace and Shit on Facebook. Our theme music is District 4 by Kevin McLeod.